0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Undo Anxiety Podcast. I am Dr. John Duffy. I am your host. Um, As always, I am grateful, super grateful, for the time you choose to spend with me. And uh, last few days, I've been thinking about undue anxiety. Um, And I, like most of us, have been scrolling mindlessly through Facebook. And I've been seeing two words, over and over, and over again. Me too, me too, me too. My friends, my colleagues, women I knew in high school, kids who I don't even really know. Me too, me too. Raped assaulted unwanted sexual attention one woman one girl after another after another and and as i read these things i'm this i'm this white guy i'm this white middle-aged guy and i come to you even now in this podcast with my tail between my legs a little bit. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say here or what I'm supposed to do Um, because what I find myself doing on Facebook is liking it. Liking it. That doesn't feel right. I don't think there's an emoji, man, that, 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 that seems right. And this morning, I asked my wife, She's a me too, again and again and again. I knew it, but I, but I wanted to hear that. And I realized how little I know, how I, in my 53 years on the planet, have never once felt what these women, young women, girls feel sometimes every day and 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 i suspect that the threat looms nearly all the time because this stuff can be blindsided right this can be a cat call on the street this can be your boss this can be any man any boy um and i've never felt that i've never once felt that fear and um and so the arrogance of even of even liking it, the presumption that I have any remote clue what it's like to be afraid in that way, the the threat that that one's body, one's essence is going to be physically violated or catcalled, called. You know, that, that that something like that is going to happen to me. Um, I I just I, I can't. Imagine it. And I'm pretty good at being empathic, and I can't imagine it. And so I'm a clinician. So I step back and I look at this from this safe kind of clinical difference because I know for a fact I'm not that guy. We're talking about Harvey Weinstein. We're talking about Donald Trump and Bill Clinton. We're talking about predators, right? I'm not that guy. I know I'm not that guy. I don't remember a single time where I was that guy. And then I wonder, was I that guy? Was I ever once that guy? Because I don't think I was ever a cat caller. I was never that guy. I was never a groper. So I'm good, right? But but with my buddies, did I, did I laugh at the joke? Did I make the joke that was not just off color, but implied something awful here? Would have suggested a me too. Yeah, I'm probably that guy. I've probably been that guy. I don't know that there's a man who can hear me who hasn't been that guy. You know? Um... And so, and so there's a little despair that I'm feeling about all this. Um, and I think maybe some of us like to think, oh, well, this is it, though. You know what I mean? It ends with this generation. And then I remembered a couple of years ago, um, I had the privilege of interviewing young men, boys, boys, not young men, boys, teenagers, about sex. This was for a segment on a TV show, and and these were good kids, sweet, young kids, 13, 15, 17 maybe, sweet kids, open, honest, and the whole deal for them is about the conquest of girls. We've taught them this, right? This isn't something they've learned. This is the making of a man. I, I heard myself say it on television. This is what boys believe men do. This is what boys believe men need to do in order to be men. So what are we doing, guys? What are we doing to counteract this? Because... I spent the day reading newspapers. I was on I, I traveled from New York to Chicago today, and there's article after article about this stuff, and protections and legality and employment contracts, ways to prevent this tragedy from happening, these men from hurting these women. Really? Is this what we need? Do we need laws against us? Are we that fucking primal? Can we not do better than this? Don't we care more? Not just about the women, guys, but that's part of it, right? Don't we have more respect for women than that? And what about ourselves? What does this say about us, right? We're, we're grabbing our self-worth from all the wrong places and just take a gander at Facebook today and see the damage we're doing. You know, me too, me too, me too. These are women that you know, that you love, that you respect, who have felt violated, who are anxious going down the street. When my son started college, he happened to start, as a lot of you know, um, at the same school um, with uh, cousins the same age, boy and a girl. And I took the two boys and I sat them down and I talked to them about how you respect women. And I sat my niece down and I told her, now listen, this is what boys are about, so you are never going to drink anything that you didn't pour yourself. You are never going to go anywhere on this campus alone. You are never going to be anywhere where there is not a cousin or another girl there. Is Is this our endless story? Do girls have to continue to be afraid? Do women have to continue to be afraid of us? Do we need legislation against us? Are we that dangerous and that lethal and that pitiful Can we not find the makings of a man somewhere else? Can we not tap something kinder and gentler and, yeah, I'll just say it, more feminine within us in order to make sure that we are not that guy? Last night, I was lucky enough to see Springsteen on Broadway. You've heard me talk about it if you've listened to this thing for five minutes Springsteen's my guy, and um, and kind of a dream come true. And the Springsteen that most people know, he's the alpha male. He might be the Me Too guy. He's a rock star. You know what I mean? And you know, and he talks about you know the sex and the women on the road and all that stuff. But last night on Broadway, Springsteen told stories. I'm not gonna for those of you who may see him. It's a beautiful, beautiful night, and I encourage you to avail yourself of it. But what I saw last night was a man bare his soul, make himself vulnerable, open, available, present to the audience, warts and all. Here's here's my story. Here's the darkness. Here's where I was sad. Here's where I was really depressed. Here was, here's where I was anxious. Here's where I was Thrilled beyond belief. Here's me. And man, nobody walked out of that theater thinking less of him. Everyone thought, that's a man. That's what a man is supposed to be. So fundamentally, man, we know who we are supposed to be. We know who we want to be. Do we want to be predators? Are we that weak? Do we think that little of ourselves and the people around us? Or do we want to be men? Because men now are kind. Men now are loving. Men now are non-threatening to other people, to anybody. Men women, children. That's what a man is, man. That's what a man is. And a man doesn't have to thump his chest or threaten nuclear fucking war or anything else. He just has to be kind and present, right? Think about your fathers. What did you want from them? Hmm? Did you need him to be the alpha guy? or did you just need them to be kind. You know, present, available, emotionally present and available. Good God. If we can do that, then then this story ends here. Right? There is no more me too, me too, me too. And I have a whole hard time thinking we can't write a better story than this man I really do I'm struggling with it it's killing me Um, because there aren't many women who haven't written it that I know and um, and I think like me you know nobody's making it up who would who would put themselves through that they've all been through it everyone's been through it and um, and I know that, that there's a, a side note that this doesn't just happen to women. And I know that's true, too. Um, uh, having grown up in the Catholic Church, um, I can remember a day where we lucky few altar boys at 13 years old or 14 years old we had the luxury, uh, no, the great honor of staying at the rectory. And there were five of us. And I know that at least two of us were invited out of that room, one by one, with a Catholic priest, who we, at the time, revered, trusted implicitly. And do I think something happened to those guys, honestly? Yeah, I do. So there's some me too on the male side, too. But, but the perpetrators, the people who are doing this stuff, the people who are allowing the culture of masculinity and maleness to be defined in part by objectifying and being cruel and making light jokes about sexual assault about women or about men. This is men. We men are doing this. We men. We men are throwing the frat parties. Where we're trying to get girls drunk in order to sleep with them. Unbeknownst to them sometimes. We men are the ones who are catcalling. We men are the ones who are hurting people. We are hurting people, you know, and I don't know who the models are. Because I'm afraid that the models, they're that guy too. So this is a clarion call for all of us because maybe there are no models and maybe we need to make them. Maybe we need to become those guys, you know, who end the Me Too story, you know, and, um, and it becomes comes a note from guys. Me too. I have respect for the girls, the females, the women in my life. I will never, ever threaten them or hurt them in any way. Me too. That would be a great turn of phrase, you know? Um, But fundamentally, I know we can do better. I remember writing after... um, the Las Vegas incident a couple weeks ago, that we men are the ones who are firing into crowds. We men are the ones who are um, dangling you know, uh, the relief that we have at our disposal in front of people who so desperately need our relief. Um, and now I'm reminded that we men are the ones who are prompting this movement where women have to write on Facebook, this is what happened to me in order to get our attention. And after Las Vegas, I said, please, let's make this the last wake-up call we need. Yeah. let's make this the last wake-up call we need because there's a phrase we all shy away from, toxic masculinity, but, dude, (laughs) that's what we're looking at here toxic masculinity. We have screwed up the definition of what it means to be a man. We have bastardized it. And it is time for we men to take it back and decide, starting now, this is what it means to be a man. There are no in-jokes. There are no winks and nods. Sorry, Woody Allen. We're accountable, and it shouldn't be hard, right? Because I think all the time about the better story. What's the better story? How do we want women to see us? How do we want your daughters to see you, your granddaughters? Why would you ever hurt anybody deliberately, willfully, in order to feel what, fucking power? Power? because you don't feel it elsewhere in your life, write a better story. Find your power within. Brene Brown, a woman who I have great respect for because she's a person who's really friggin' smart. And she turned this idea of vulnerability and vulnerability being a weakness on its head and decided, oh, man, that that's our greatest strength. And I think a lot of us guys, we didn't read Brene's books because we thought, "Eh, that's for women, self-help stuff. But the truth is, that's for us, probably more so. Vulnerability is where our greatest strength is, believe me. I saw it in Springsteen last night. I'm hoping you hear an element of it in me right now because I'm not just holding you accountable, I promise you. I'm not just saying, hey, clinically, I'm the guy with the righteousness here. You know, I get to point fingers. I'm saying all of us. All of us need to put ourselves in check. All of us need to write a better story for ourselves, for the boys that we're raising to be men, for our wives and our girlfriends and the women of this world and our daughters. We need to write a better story. And that falls on us, men. And we're fighting an uphill battle here. So we can't be quiet. We can't just click like and assume, okay, I've done my job. I think we're good. I think it's over. <laughs> I think the crisis, the decades-long You know, centuries-long crisis of objectifying women. I think that's pretty much done now, and I think women feel good about the fact that I fucking liked their Facebook status. No. No. We're going to have to show it. We're going to have to show it. We're going to have to create a whole new me too. Me too. I'm never again going to put anybody in that position of fear because I want to feel powerful because there's no power In that. None. So here's to you guys. I think there are good, good men out there. And I think for every guy who is flawed, and we all are, we can find the good here. This is a clarion call. This is the final wake-up call. Pay attention. Stay woke. (laughs) Stay woke and be the guy who is the new me too. Me too. I'm never again going to make anybody feel this way. This is the Undo Anxiety Podcast. Our job is to help each other feel less undue anxiety. For us guys, we're going to eliminate a lot of our own anxieties because we're going to find different ways to feel good and powerful about ourselves without hurting anybody else And we will eliminate so much more undue anxiety and save so many speeches of caution and so much stupid legislation if we can be the Me Too guys, if we can be the new American males. Um, So join me in solidarity, guys, and let me know you're on board. Um, This is the Undue Anxiety podcast. I hope we never have another me too moment. And for anybody I personally ever hurt, directly or indirectly, my God, you have my deepest of apologies. And I hope other guys follow suit. Um, Thank you for listening. Um, As always, I so appreciate it. Uh, This is Undo Anxiety. And I will talk to you next time.